Hello and welcome to episode 43 of the Fine Fitness Podcast. As I said on the last episode, I want to try and keep this as consistent as possible. Um, let's, let's give it a few months and then I'll see where we're going to go from there. But yeah, I'm trying to hit this, we try and hit this weekly. And in doing so, hopefully people get more of a routine to listen to it. So I've used that logic recently with several factors of my life at the moment where I used to do it monthly. Now I've tried it two weeks and now I do it weekly. So one of the things I'm referring to when I say that is my big sort of Zoom call I have with my clients each week. It's honestly one of my favorite elements of the coaching um, within Fine Fitness. And it used to be once a month. Then it became fortnightly. And basically, if I'm free and repairs now, it will get done. So, yeah, I'm just going to go off the same kind of philosophy with the podcast. And we'll just see where it goes. I've seen a higher attendance with that. And obviously, you're going to be hopefully see high amounts of listeners because people are going to get used to listening to a podcast from me on a weekly basis. So, if as long as I get it recorded, I'm not really asked what day it comes out. Anyways, enough um, sort of mumbling. Today's theme is going to be something that I have talked about quite a lot in my life. It's something that when I was in Spain at an event that I talked about. So, this, this essentially is my, my talk that I had in Spain, what I'll be doing today, because I feel like it's something that people could probably do with with listening to and that is how to build impenetrable perseverance because it's something that we all really 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 need in our lives we need to have that perseverance to help us get through shit but on top of that we need it to conquer whatever goals want to smash so you will all want to listen to things and do things and There'll be reasons why I listen to a past trainer's podcast right now. It might be because you're my client and you're being nice because I asked you to do it. It could be amongst other things as well. So, oh, well, I'm just going to get into it. So, I want to start off with the definition itself of what is perseverance. I'm going to give you the definition that's in the Oxford Dictionary, and then I'm going to give you my definition after that. So, the Oxford Dictionary states that steady persistence in a course of action is it is it a course of action, a purpose, a state, etc., especially in spite of difficulties, obstacles, or discouragement? So I'll read that again because I absolutely butchered that. But it is a steady journey on a course of action despite uh, difficulties, obstacles, or discouragement. So that that is that's what it's essentially be. So in layman's terms, I wear it quite beautifully with my clients of the week as well. So shit do be bad sometimes. But keeping your head down and not letting it derail you is what, to me, is, is, is perseverance. So it's essentially, when shit goes south, what are you doing to master it? When things haven't gone your way, what are you going to do about it? And that ultimately, to me, and the Oxford version there as well, is perseverance. I've just simplified it and made it pull-based, pull dumbed it down essentially there. And that's what we're going to build on today. So we're going to look at things that might happen for you and things that might go wrong for you. And then essentially go from there. So with this ability to be able to sort of get past shit and go through shit and be able to smash stuff as well, it involves the ability to learn from failure to try again. So we all need to fail. If you didn't fail through life, life would be easy. You wouldn't actually learn from it. You see it so many times in like billionaires, kids who just absolutely fucking mongers because they've not had anything tough in their lives. Everything that's happened to them has gone right as well. And 
I'll go through a couple of things that I've talked about in Leeds, um, in Spain in the past. And uh, basically, this is like almost like a talk that I've done at any event who doesn't know who I am. And I've been taught to speak at an event. But for me, so over the last sort of five to six years, particularly my, adult, my adulthood, I've gone through who I am as a person. So at the heaviest, I was 18 and a half stone. That was heaviest recorded because I wasn't actually recording weight when you get so fat people you're not going to ask you're not going to look at what you wear you don't care about health and fitness you're not going to do that but i was in drink issues i was taking every class eight uni quite quite consistently on a very consistent basis uh three to four times a week um particularly my first and second year of uni um other thing other hardships i've had is due to lockdown i had five clients um which a lot of pts went through I had a breakdown of a relationship in lockdown one. I then had to live with that partner for five months. Um, I'd been homeless one time in my life in the summer of 2018, um, which is quite ironic that I'm mentioning that because I've got an event and a talk at the very hotel that I slept at for a couple of nights in Leeds um, on, on this Thursday coming. Um, I've had four separate suicide attempts. I've been diagnosed with PTSD uh, last August, which I've fucking gone about enough times now. And on the day one of me buying the gym last summer, I lost 17 clients on one day. So even on the days where it's like, this is peak great, greatest day of my life, shit's gone, gone wrong. But I, I, I used to think of it like that. Like anyone that, that was with me or around me on that day when we lost 17 people on that first or second day of finding fitness gym, I was fucking distraught. I was a mess. But I look back on it now when we needed to lose those 17 people, they were ever going to be a, a fine fitness screen team client and if we kept them people we wouldn't have got the ethos that we're building in the gym at the moment so everything and this does sound quite wanky in philosophy but everything happens for a reason as well so i know that's a big overshare i know that um but the reason i'm showing this is because i've mentioned it sorry is because i'm just letting you know that this isn't coming from someone with a silver spoon in the mouth do you know what i mean like and i understand that anyone listens to this no two lives and situations are the same Christ, I have a twin brother, and even Connor has had a different life experience despite going through some of those uh, similarities as me. Um, but we've had different life experiences. N no one's better, no one's worse. He currently lives with his partner who's really happy. I live alone. We're both happy. Do you know what I, mean? I live with our family dog. He, he lives with his partner. He lives literally across the road from me as well. But we've had completely different life experiences. We went to different universities, went to different colleges. But we were born in the same household and we were raised up until the age of 18. We lived together as well. But we even we have different life experiences. So we look at things differently and everyone will look at that things differently as well. So now that I have kind of undressed the word perseverance and whilst I've gone through my own story as well. I want us to try and increase the level of perseverance that you've got as well. So let's go on That's the whole point today. Let's do that. So first, we need to eliminate self-pity. So self-pity needs to fuck off right now. I can guarantee you've had something go wrong yesterday, today, or last week. If you've never had anything go wrong, you're a fucking liar. You just are. Um, you just are. You're just a liar. But what this is going to do is try and determine and get rid of the self-pity attitude when things do go wrong. Because self-pity is probably the worst, the most natural response to any situation in your life. So we want to get rid of self-pity. Self-pity is going to make things worse. 
when things haven't gone to plan and you start feeling sorry for yourself, that is just going to keep you in that sort of pit of shite. You're just going to stay there and you're not going to go anywhere. You're not going to improve either. Um, so I'm going to look at something in. I've, I've made a nice little graph for my clients in the past and this is an audio. I mean, Spotify is getting quite clever now, so you'll be able to see the, the video of this. I can't be asked to edit in the actual video around me, but I could do a bit of a diagram, but I'm not going to. Uh, three people that might watch the full video. But I want you to, to look at something. Um, and I'm going to use an example here of you using your own experience compared to someone else going through the same thing as you. So imagine you've got a new pair of trainers and you've stood in dog shit. Yeah. Five weeks later, your friend just bought a new pair of trainers. They're just doing dog shit. You're going to say to yourself, when you stand in dog shit, if you stood in the dog shit tomorrow, oh, God, me, I can't believe it. it happened to me. I'm so lucky. Because when you've stood in the dog shit, it's, it's your problem. You've stood in the dog shit, oh, no, the new trainers, all this and that and the other. When it happens to your friend, you'll tell them everything's fine. Everything's going to be fine. You'll be okay. You'll be grand. Don't you worry about it. And that's because when things happen to you that's wrong, you almost exaggerate how bad it is because it's your your problem that you're dealing with. But when it's your friend, yeah, you can have empathy, but you're not going to have the same level of emotion or stakes as it, it, when it was your shoe, when you stood in dog shit. So that's because you've got emotional connection to your shoes that you've bought compared to your friend's shoes. You might feel sorry for them a little bit, but it's not going to be the same level of immersion. So what we're going to try and do in this podcast today is try and get that so that you can almost, and I still trip up with this, don't worry. I'm not going to pretend I know everything. Um, let's try and take the immersion out of the situation. And that's what we're going to try and do here. So let's pretend that your trainers are your friends' trainers, almost. That's essentially what we're going to be doing. So next time you do stand dog shit, you won't laugh about it, but you'll definitely feel better for it as well. And, and a weight loss example it's the exact same principle. And this is, I'm going to peel back the curtain a little bit. So right now I've got a couple of conversations with my clients about weight is not dropping. They've got four weeks out from our photo shoot. And this is me completely honest. This is a genuine conversation I had over the weekend compared to my own conversation as well. So my client's weight is not shifting. They've clearly dropped fat. You can now see their back muscle quite clearly. They look amazing. They've, they've smashed it so far. They're actually ahead of progress with, with our photo shoot that we've got coming up. I could then show you screenshots of me and my coach this weekend, last night, this morning, in fact. Again, and if anyone asks for them, I can show you the screenshots of me whinging about my weight not going down. So when it's my client, I'm like, oh, that's four weeks away. You'll be fine. You're ahead of progress. Because I'm looking at it objectively. I knew the weight might stop sometimes whilst the body fat drops. That's a fact. That happens. I've done this five years. But because it's my weight, because I've stuck around that 75 kilo mark for the last two weeks when we got a photo shoot in five weeks and I wanted to be 72 kg, I'm running out of time in my head and I'm panicking. And I've got screenshots to show that. But that's because it's quite tricky to say, but because I am mostly attached to my client's weight, but I'm not, I'm emotionally attached to my client's success, but I am emotionally attached to my weight, my own weight. If my client comes into the shoot when I gave them a named number to aim at and they don't reach that number, but they look amazing, that's a success to me. But for whatever reason, if 
if I don't go into that shoot at least 72 kg, I won't see the goodness in my pictures. Does that make sense? I didn't want to say I'm not emotionally connected to clients when I am very emotionally connected to their success, but you get the picture there. So I'm having the same conversation with my coach as my clients have to me. And that's because I'm emotionally attached to my scale weight, but I can I can see my client's scale weight as a objective standpoint. Zero emotion to me and my client's weight. There's an emotion to the client, but not their weight. And it just shows whenever you it's in your situation, it's like the worst thing ever as well. Um, and I'm going to give you a bit of an advice here as well. So imagine your friend can't lose his three pounds that they want to lose. Or they're stood in dog shit. I want you to do this next time something bad happens to you. I want you to imagine you've maintained weight this last, last month after losing three pounds last month. So you've lost three pounds last month. You stayed the same weight this month. Yeah. If that was your friend, what would you say? You'd say, think of the three pounds you lost last month, wouldn't you? Well, most people would. But because it's yourself, you wouldn't. So whenever things go wrong, perceivably, it's not even gone wrong this time, you've lost three pounds in this scenario, I want you to treat your own failures, your own step backs, your own fuck-ups, your own mistakes, your own things that get in the way for you as your friends. So say to yourself what you would say to your friend in that situation. If they if they lost three pounds last month and it's maintained this month and you're the second week of the month, you'd tell them, well, you lost three pounds last month, keep going, you'll be fine. But you won't tell that to yourself. And next time round you're in one of these scenarios, talk to yourself like your friend. Tell them, oh, three pounds last month, come on, you'll be all right, you'll be fine. And in doing so, you're going to take the immersion out of the situation then you're looking from an objective standpoint. And more importantly, you'll be able to get over that hump and be able to crack on with it. Instead of letting it derail your progress as well. It's because when, and we all do this, by the way, when, when something goes wrong for your friend, you look for solutions. When something happens wrong to you, you look for problems. You want to learn. People, we like to learn. Humans love to learn. I, I've not read up enough about the brain, but there'll be something about it and, it's probably self, sort of self-defense mode. But when it's your friend, you look for solutions. When it's your own problems, you look for more problems. You exasperate the problem a little bit. So when shit goes south, look at what can happen and not what's already happened. And that philosophy's changed my coaching. I and I still do with some clients, but we used to have this big check-in form where you kind of dwell on what's happened in the last seven days. I kind of realised we're just we're just trying treading water there. We're just going over the shit that's happened over the last seven days. When we need to find an actionable solution for the next seven days, fuck the last seven. Let's focus on the next seven. If they had a shit week last week, let's look at how we can conquer it for the future. Not dwell on that week that they've just had. So I changed my full sort of forms for my clients. I changed my full system down talk to my clients each week. Instead of focusing on the shit, we're focusing on the good now. It's so much better. It makes everyone's life so much easier. So when shit goes south, look at what can happen and not what's happened. All right, your nutrition, your nutrition was shit last week. Okay, um, I'm not going to ask why it's happened. It's, it was shit. But what can we do next week to amend it? Oh well, if we drop the slightly drop the calories by a couple of hundred each day, we'll be sweet and we're back to square one, and we'll 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 be able to make progress again. That's what we should be saying. Instead, what you'll want 
Oh, hon, you didn't bring me what you didn't bring me food for work. Oh no, you poor hon, you. Oh, I really feel sorry for you. And that's what you want because that's the that's what that part of your brain wants that, but it's not going to get you anywhere. So look at what can happen for the future, the solutions for the problem that's happened, and just fucking deal with it. Just deal with it. Take the emotional situation. And let's deal with it. So how can your perseverance be increased as well? So firstly, we've already took away the emotion of the situation. So we're now going to add planning, practice, and purpose. And we're going to add some hope in there as well. And that's going to hopefully get you to run through walls and decrease any chance of any fuck-ups happening in your life as well. So planning, this can be defined in two ways. Planning to go right and planning for what may go wrong. So a good example here. I will train four times this week. Alternatively, alternatively if I cannot, I will at least do 30 minutes of walking five or seven days a week. So planning to go right, I will train four times this week. If I don't get to have that time, what I can do, let me think, I'll I'll, I'll be active 30 minutes a day for every day this week or five or seven days this week. So if time's the issue, you're looking for what may go wrong, stopping it before it even happens, you've already got a contingency ready to go. But in that perfect scenario, obviously, we're going to train four times. So planning is a very, very logical way of looking at perseverance. So before shit goes wrong, let's look at what happens if it might go wrong. Instead of whinging that you've got no time, let's fucking solve the action, yeah? Practice. The other letter P. So you will be shit at everything that you do when you start. Listen to my first podcast, for example. Watch my first ever PT session with Matt five years ago. Watch my first ever spin class that I did. Watch my do my first ever spot massage was probably dangerous. Anything that we've ever done, Christ, probably you, you didn't used to be able to wipe your own ass. Do you know what I mean? Ride a bike. Everything you do in your life, you will be shit at when you start. Everything. So we must practice deliberately by honing on the weakness element of it. I mean, wiping your ass is pretty hard to do, but you're growing up with it. But when you're younger, you don't worry about failing, if that makes any sense. If you have to teach an adult to wipe their own ass, they'd feel embarrassed. But a child doesn't feel embarrassed about that type of stuff as well. It's, it, it develops over time. Overthinking develops over time and through experiences as well. But we need to focus on how can we improve those weaknesses and ability. So, okay, I struggle with a single leg movement in particular. So I'm just not going to do them, Brendan. Just not going to do them. Yeah, I'm not going to do a split squat. I'm not going to do a Bulgarian split squat. I'm not going to do anything where... I'm not going to do a lunge. I'm not going to do an assisted lunge. I won't do anything. Yeah, like, it just... Yeah, it's just not... It just doesn't work for me. And guess what? Your knee's going to get worse. You'll get weaker. Simple as that. Or we can find ways you can do that. We can look at... And I won't get to PT, but you can get an assisted... An assisted sort of lunge where you not bearing all your weight, you can then move on to the dumbbell, then you can move to the barbell, and then you can prop your leg up on a bench to make a Bulgarian, do you know what I mean? Example. But just telling yourself at the start, oh, nah, I'm, I can't do a single leg movement, nah, I can't do it, Brendan, can't do it. If you can't do it, you never will be able to do it because you're not going to get better at it. It's that simple. But when we're adults, we feel like it's the most embarrassing thing ever when we fail at stuff. You're fucking fine. You'll get over it. You'll get through it. You will. So, for anyone that gives a shit about this podcast, I want you to ask a question. What could you get better at? What could you get better at right now? And what are you avoiding to get better at? 
Another letter P, purpose. When things go wrong, a sense of purpose is always a great reminder. So this is just a nice, simple question. Whenever you're doing anything in your life, work or anything like that, what is your goal right now? So if it's to earn money, that's why you're at work. That's the purpose. Is it quantifiable? Yes, I'm getting fucking paid. Can you say a certain goal end by date? Well, if you want to buy a house, for example, if I save money whilst being at this job, uh, there you go. But if things go wrong, you lose your job potentially, or you hit someone at work or something, you need to remember what is that goal right now? Why are you at work to, to buy a house, to do this, to do that? Or why do I feel stupid in the gym at the moment? Why am I here? Well, it's to get fitter, to get healthier, to wear a bikini, etc. Do you know what I mean? So think of what your purpose of why you're doing that thing when that thing goes wrong. And hopefully in the future, you'll, you'll remember, like, oh, yeah, I'm doing this because I fucking need to. It's for me. I need to sort my health and fitness out. I need to, to just get through this shit, day on, shit Monday at work. Realise to yourself, is it quantifiable? Is it fucking worth it? Ask yourself them two questions. And can you have an end date to make that motivation go up higher as well? So that's another thing you can do as well. And I'm all going to talk about hope as well. So obviously, if you write a big goal, that might seem quite overwhelming. So can you chop it up to make it smaller goals? Like me, my photo shoot, when I'm getting all worked up at the moment, 72 kg seems so far away right now for me. Could I lose less, just less than a kilo a week? It's the same goal, just sounds a lot less scary. What could I do to reward myself each week if I've dropped just half a kilo? It's not my food, is it? But what I could do is think to myself, right, okay, on the photo shoot day, we're going out for drinks afterwards. If I get um, four pints at Brewdog, that's where we're going. For every pound I lost in the last four weeks, every kilo I lost in the last four weeks. That's something I could do. Or for every... Every time I catch myself moaning about this sort of kilo not going, I've got to punish myself potentially. Like I'll have to pay for a round of drinks with my clients. Could do so. I'm not gonna do that one, but I could do that. Do you know what I mean? So incentivize it. You can reward it, or you could punish it. You can think of different ways for that one. I want you to think how you could do that as well. Another part of hope is other people. It, it is other people. So whenever you're on a health and fitness journey. Other people benefit from your success. You being selfish, it's so selfish for you to go to a gym three to four times a week when you're a parent or you've got a busy work schedule and your partner's fucking in your ear. You're not just doing it for you, you're doing it for them. Because if you are happier in your own skin, you're going to be a happier person, you can be more confident. You might want to get your kit off. You might have a better time around them, do you know what I mean? Or you might just be healthy to pick up your kids. So think of your health and fitness goals as a way of not only does it benefit me, but how can it benefit others as well? So I want you to think of, of hope in a sense of that way. So like the hope for you passing through this sort of phase whenever things have gone wrong is, well, if I get fitter and healthier, this I'll be a better partner. I'll be better at work. I'll be a better mother. I'll be a better father. It all relates. You being a happy person is going to make everyone else around you win. So being selfish is actually quite selfless, really, if you think about it. Um. So yeah, that's that's been a pretty brief sort of podcast. Uh, and we'll go through the stuff in general, a bit of a cliff note version. So with perseverance, what we want to do is take the emotion out of every situation we could possibly have and look at it from a friend's perspective and not your own. Um, secondly, what you can do is 
look at what the actual goals are and the purpose for them hitting them goals. And on top of that, what can you do to make sure that you're doing it for other people as well as yourself as well? So when things do go wrong, because things will fucking go wrong, what can you do to solve that as well? So yeah, that has been another episode of the Fine Fitness Podcast. Hopefully you've enjoyed it. Give you a little screenshot share. People stop doing that now, you bastards. But I'm, I'm getting more listens than I used to get as well. But yeah, so screenshot the the podcast if you've watched it or listened to it. Um, put it on your Instagram stories and stuff like that just to get more listens as well. So yeah, um, if you want to message me your biggest takeaway from this podcast as well, I'll really appreciate it.